0: How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about!
1: I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Five weeks of high
0: school football is in the books, and we are ready for Episode 5 of the Idaho Sports PrepCast, presented by Project Filter. My name is Sven Elskog, alongside Lucas Gebhardt, a broadcaster for IdahoSports.com. Lucas, we have a lot to talk about here as we're over halfway through the regular season for every classification for football. And what that means is that we've got a better idea of how these teams are starting to shape up. And, well, we'll give the the folks listening an idea of which teams have really impressed us the most here in the early season as far as kind of surprising people and doing more than what you would expect out of them. We'll also run over what happened last week, preview next week, and also make our game picks, the pick six segment coming up later in the show. And, of course, our upset pick, this week and hopefully for my case Lucas it's not as bad as the uh, Timberlake St. Mary's upset pick as I did last week. Todd Gilkey the athletic director at St. Mary's and their head coach Craig Teff they were listening to the podcast and uh, their team went out there and they played with heart and they upset Timberlake so we're happy to see that but uh, nonetheless it doesn't make me look very smart does it?
1: Uh, No not at all uh, I went up to Idaho Falls on Saturday to do the emotion bowl with Matt Harris another one of our broadcasters he was telling me about that during one of the commercial breaks and uh, so yeah it doesn't make you look too smart out there but (laughs) hey that's Why we get paid the big bucks, right? Sometimes we hit them, sometimes we don't.
0: Hey, St. Mary's is a good football team. I just thought Timberlake could show some nice improvement so far in the season. Another game pick we did last week was Valley and Oakley. I did pick Valley to win that football game over Oakley. They did win fifty to eight. Oakley banged up with some injuries, but I want to give a special shout out to the Valley Vikings coaching staff. They sent me a T-shirt, Lucas, in the mail. I received it today. And so now I've got my very own Valley Viking T-shirt, so I am one with the crowd there in the 181 ranks.
1: Uh, you got you got to wear that around the office, don't you? Didn't you? Uh, or is, am I thinking of something else? <laughs>
0: uh, of course, I got to wear it around the office. We got to represent school colors here. I you know I, I'm not affiliated with anybody here. I'm not actually originally from the state of Idaho. I, I went to Stanwood High School in Washington. Go Spartans! So nonetheless, you can't say I've got a rooting interest. I just really like 1A football, and in fact. We've got an article up on the idahosports.com homepage now that talks all about the great things that go into making eight man football in the state of Idaho possible. Make sure to click that and check it out if you're listening along at home right now. We would love to get some good interaction on that and share it around, especially if you are involved in Idaho eight man football well one of the things that we really wanted to talk about here Lucas is some teams that have impressed early in the season and kind of exceeded expectations so far and I want to stop right now with anybody that had any doubts about Coeur d'Alene. My word, the Vikings go and uh, defend their home field and, to a little extent, avenge that state championship last last year to uh, Highland. Uh, they beat the Rams 42-20. to 20. Very impressed by what I saw from Coeur quarterback Cale Edwards who also had an interception on the defensive side of the ball. He threw for 244 yards and ran for 115, and he also had six combined touchdowns. Shiloh Morgan, their running back, 141 yards of his own and two touchdowns. So this is a football team that I look at, and they have exceeded my expectations. You've seen them in person as well in the Rigby game. And they showed a lot of heart coming back in that one. I think the Vikings are right back in the mix again for another state championship appearance
1: yeah I mean it was definitely an impressive win for them uh, at at home against a very good Highland team to put up five hundred yards of offense on highland i mean that that's to tell you all you need to know about how well this quarter lane offense is playing right now and you know when I saw them against Rigby in week one i I saw you know, a couple of areas that might be a bit problematic. I thought they were a little turnover prone. I thought they had some trouble taking care of the ball. I didn't think their passing game was as effective as it was last year. But, you know, you put up 42 points on, on Highland. That'll, that'll change some opinions pretty quick. It certainly changed mine last week. It was an impressive performance from Coeur d'Alene. But, you know, another team that's really impressed me, Smith, is you, you go down to the 4A and you look at a team like Valley View. They're 4-1 on the season this year. And their only losses to Bishop Kelly, you know, 46-39, they lost that game. I mean, th- this is a team that I think isn't getting enough respect in the four A. They're an S I C team, so it's not like they have a patsy schedule or anything like that. Valley View is a team that's really impressed me early on. Well,
0: you talked about Coeur d'Alene. We both talked about Coeur d'Alene. Everybody should be talking about Coeur but what about their opponent in the conference? Lewiston is 4-1 and one as well. Pant Carey doing a fantastic job for the Bengals. And, uh, you know, we're both Idaho State Bengals, so we can always root for those Lewiston Bengals as well keep it with the school tradition right but uh right, boy, right. <laughs> Lewiston you, you've got to be impressed with them they beat Sampoint 42 to 12 last week and that was without leading receiver Kyle Alford and Colt Jacobs he stepped in two hundred seven yards receiving and four touchdowns in that win quarterback Tyson Wallace with five touchdowns in his own right and uh, you know this is a football team that could really challenge Coraline plays Lewiston on the road coming up on October 5th. So a couple of weeks down the road, I think that's a big one to circle on calendars.
1: Yeah, I think it is too. You, you talk about a team like Lewiston, the, their only loss so far this year is to Idaho Falls, and they only lost by one. So they're they're really one point away from being unbeaten, being a perfect 5-0 and to this point in the season. But since that week one loss, Lewiston is a team that's given up 22 points, since week one so over the following four weeks just 22 points they've shut out a couple schools out of washington they held another one to 10 they held sam point to 12 last week so uh lewiston yet again another team that has really impressed me so far and you know up north it it, that could be a game that could really decide some things and depending on how lewiston performs in that game coming up on october 5th I mean, they, they have them at home, you know, and that, that gives them an even bigger advantage there. Obviously, Coeur putting up the offensive firepower numbers that they are, it's going to be a tough matchup for them. But, you know, really, when you look at Lewiston, the rest of the schedule they have, I only see one loss on that schedule the rest of the way. And that is to Coeur d'Alene. I think they'll beat Moscow pretty handily this week. I like them against Post Falls and Lake City as well.
0: Yeah, and Lewiston is just one of those teams and places, really, for that matter, that is just tough to play. You don't see a lot of people travel into Lewiston, especially when they are on and come away with a victory. And I think this year, that will be the big game. Coeur will enter as the favorite, of course, but don't sleep on the Bengals. Well, Mountain Home, another team that we have never talked about here on the Idaho Sports PrepCast. We're going to do it right now. As you saw them earlier this year, take on Pocatello at Holt Arena the Tigers are just 2 and 3 overall on the season but most importantly those two wins both came in the Great Basin West pod and they've only got two more pod games left those coming against Twin Falls and Canyon Ridge if they win one of those games they are in the playoffs this year and in fact even if they lose both of them if Canyon Ridge loses one more time this year The Mountain Home Tigers, they're going to head to the playoffs regardless. So you look at what the job Jim Clark has been able to do with that team. This is a group that had lost 36 of its last 40 games. They come in this year, they beat Wood River, they beat Jerome, and this kind of follows up what Coach Clark said before the season. He said, we're ready to make some noise. Well, this year, they move over to District 4, and so far, they have had much more success there than what they had experienced in the SIC, and yeah, that's not necessarily a shock as the SIC is just so difficult to win football games. And they've got to be thrilled to be in the Great Basin. And, well, if they do make the playoffs, it would be the first time since 2008 they lost to Hillcrest 49-43 in the semifinals that year. A couple of key pieces for the Tigers, Michael Castillo, is their quarterback, Nehemiah Parker, their key wide receiver. You know, what are your thoughts on the Tigers and kind of their prospects to get into the playoffs this year?
1: Well, I think they have a really good chance of making the playoffs. I mean, they have a tough task with Twin Falls, but they beat Canyon Ridge, which is a very winnable game for Mountain Home. You said it, they're in the playoffs for the first time in, in a decade. You know, and uh, this is a Mountain Home team that for the first time in years has some positive mental state going on within that program i mean for years they've just been the doormat of the sic you know people have kind of penciled in the win against mountain home for years in the sic but now they make the move over to district four and mountain home's looking at their schedule and saying hey we can you know win some games here we can maybe make it to the playoffs and that just does so much mentally for your football team the mental side of sports is something that i think us media folks often overlook I don't think we talk about it enough and I think that that move mentally from Mountain Home over to District 4 has done a lot for that program
0: and you know we talk about all these different teams well a couple of teams that we weren't sure what to expect out of this year you know in a 3A classification South Fremont and Marsh Valley they are playing each other this week Marsh Valley 3 and 2 on the season South Fremont 4 and 1 and they're only last coming in the opener to the Fruitland Grizzlies so for South Fremont Again, without that Fruitland game, they could very well be undefeated right now as well. So I think both of those teams have really exceeded expectations as well. Marsh Valley, they defeated Bear Lake 49-6 to last week. And uh, Peyton Campbell, they're running back over 200 yards, five touchdowns. Very, very physical football team. And we're going to find out a lot more about each of these teams as they face off with each other here this week.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. And, you know, the third team that has caught me by surprise this week you go to the north part of fremont county you talk about north fremont this is a team that has just been rolling through schools you look at their schedule 46 14 over filer 56 16 over teton 29 6 over aberdeen 57 to 14 over soda 55 nothing last week against salmon this is a very physical football team with a quarterback garrett hawks that has an offense that's averaging just shy of 50 points a game. North Fremont's 5-0 and for the first time. I mean, it exceeds our records. That's how long it's been since North Fremont has had this hot of a start. You look at the rest of their schedule, West Jefferson, Firth, Ryrie. North Fremont has a really good chance of running the table. I think they have a really good chance because they're such a physical football team and they play so well defensively. They, they have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to, but they have a chance. If they meet up with Declo in the state playoffs. If there's a team that Declo needs to be afraid of, it's North Fremont.
0: And Declo got pushed earlier this season against Aberdeen. Aberdeen lost 42 to nothing to the Westside Pirates last week. You know, are we talking enough about Westside? I sure don't think so, as their quarterback, Stockton Brown, running back Jake Moser, all kinds of guys, Uh, they are really talented and they're just as physical as what Marsh Valley is I think Westside is another team that really isn't getting enough love so to speak in the 2A classification of course you can always make the argument with Grangeville as well that they're not getting enough love they've got talent like Tesher Harris the quarterback Booker Bush the running back and they've been playing without Noah Cashmitter once they get him back they're going to be even better as well so the 2A classification kind of seems up for grabs I think that the general consensus would be that Deklo is going to be the favorite with Keegan Duncan their Boise State committed running back but Don't sleep on some of these other teams out there that could make some noise as well, right, Lucas?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, you you look at 2A and you say, well, it's going to be DECLO. You know, they're going to win the state title. But if DECLO overlooks one of these teams in the state playoffs, whether that be Westside, Grangeville, North Fremont, you look at a team like St. Mary's as well, they overlook one of those teams. They take a week off during the state playoffs, they could get beat. I mean, outside of Declo, it's wide open. You can take Declo out of the case. It could be we could see a state championship from Westside. We could see a state championship from North Fremont. Uh, Aberdeen is an early team that I don't think it, you can write off quite yet. I, I realize that they've been struggling the last couple of weeks, but you know they didn't have Claussen last week. They're in the middle of harvest right now. If they they win the right conference games, they can possibly get into the playoffs still. And if they get Claussen healthy, that can be a dangerous team in the playoffs. So yeah, two way wide open outside you know, of deck low.
0: A couple of surprise teams as far as the 1A D1 classification goes as well. Potlatch has a new head coach, Ryan Ball. And boy, they came out in their opener and defeated Deary, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. So you got to give a shout-out to the Potlatch loggers in that regard. I another team that's gotten off to a hot start. And then, you know, in the Snake River Conference in 1A Division one, these are sleeper teams that we didn't really – uh, they, they weren't getting a lot of media pub, so to speak, in the preseason, but Glens Ferry, they forced Grace into six turnovers, twenty-eight-sixteen win last week, and the pilots, they're now three and two. Chalice, they're four and one. They're only lost coming to Oakley. So Chalice and Glens Ferry, you also look at Butte County, those are all teams that are right in it as well, especially if this injury bug continues to eat up Oakley and uh Rap River trending downward here the last couple of weeks. But you know Valley still the favorite right now i think that's pretty clear after defeating oakley 50 to 8 last week but beyond that who knows as far as playoff positioning is concerned it just seems like it is such a complete logjam of good quality football teams there in district 4
1: right and it doesn't really look like you can really put one team at the top of that logjam because like we've seen with with oakley is a great example oakley was getting first place votes left and right up in 1A D1 they get a couple injuries and now all of a sudden everything just blows up and everything's wide open the, the exact same thing can happen in any district in any classification you just never know I mean we're starting to get late in the regular season these games are really starting to matter right now and you just every week we get surprised with something
0: you know and it seems like prior to the season as we talk about the 1A D2 sleeper teams that well, not sleeper teams, so to speak, but teams that kind of flew under the radar a little bit and they have impressed us, surprised us a little bit. Kendrick, you know, they are ranked number two in the state media poll right now. They defeated Mullen 80-40 to last week. This has been a high-powered offense right from the get-go this season. The Tigers, 533 yards of offense last week. Alex Sneve five rushing touchdowns. He also threw for a couple. And within their conference, Deary, they lost their opener to Potlatch, but they've won all four games since then. They're 4-1 and one now. They're going to play Kootenay, who's 3-1, and, and Clark Fork, another team that is impressed in the early season. They're 4-1. and one. They've won the North Star League so far this year, but they've still got a little bit of work to do if they want to actually get into the playoffs. Just two teams get in out of District 1 and 2 combined. The Clark Fork's quarterback, Cameron Garcia, 263 yards rushing a couple of weeks ago against Lakeside. And, and I think Clark Fork, the Wampus Cats, they are a team that could really push Deary for that second playoff spot out of District 1 and District 2. So I've got a lot of sleeper teams and uh, you know teams to watch for as the season goes on coming out of the D2 classification, and they're all from up north. You know, What are some teams you've been impressed with so far in the early going of the year?
1: Yeah, Kerry with their uh, state player of the year last year, Puerto and I mean, they're undefeated to this point. I've been really impressed with Kerry so far.
0: Nonetheless, you know, Kerry, Kendrick, Deary, there's all kinds of teams that you can list off in the 182 classification. It seems like uh, there's just a lot of battling for positioning down below Kendrick and Kerry. Kendrick and Kerry seem to be the clear-cut top two teams so far, but we'll see how it plays out down below that more coming up with Lucas later in the show we'll pause now and come back with our pick six segment and upsets coming up for next week this is the IdahoSports.com prepcast presented by Project Filter my name is Jerry and I smoked for 30 plus years I was elk hunting my left arm and my left leg started tingling on me nearly died and it was enough to wake me up you know being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking I still hunt and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit ProjectFilter.org. Get ready for big savings during Toyota's Touchdown event. Choose cash back, special APR interest savings or special lease offers on nearly every Toyota model. join the winning team team toyota and take advantage of big touchdown event savings get full details at buyatoyota.com or see your local toyota dealer today toyota let's go places all financing to approved credit through toyota financial services offers end october 1st 2018
1: don't worry honey you know how the media sensationalizes everything Play to win the game. I thought that would be big news. You thought what would be big news?
0: We've got more with IdahoSports.com broadcaster Lucas Gebhardt right now on the phone line. It's time for our pick six segment where we pick six games from throughout the state that we think are going to be pretty tight. We pick the result of each game, then we throw in an upset as well just for some fun. Lucas, glad to have you with us again. And, uh, you know, we've got six pretty good games this week as the season starts to wind down a little bit. We've gotten a better idea which games are really going to be close and which games might not be, and I think it makes it a lot easier uh, to pick which six games we want included on this list.
1: Yeah, it kind of seems like in the beginning part of the season you're kind of throwing darts at a at a dartboard. You're just kind of guessing at some things, but yeah, we're starting to get pretty late in the season towards the end of September now, so we're starting to get a little bit of a better idea, but you know, we'll see if our records can improve and reflect that as well
0: <laughs> first game that we'd like to start with is a game that we'll be broadcasting coming up on Friday the Skyline Grizzlies taking on the Hillcrest Knights skyline 5 and 0 on the season 3 and 0 in the 4A high country conference hillcrest is 4 and 1 on the season 2 and 0 in the High Country Conference. Hillcrest running back Jordan Nuremberg was banged up last week and injured, and we're not 100% positive about his availability for this week. That could impact this game in a big way. He is such a talented weapon, and if he's not able to go, that really impacts what the Knights are able to do. And, uh, you know, the Skyline Grizzlies, of course, the back-to-back two-time defending state champions. This should be a pretty good football game regardless, and it really could decide who wins this conference this season.
1: Yeah, it's it's an important conference game for sure, and uh, Newerberg's availability will will have a really big impact on who ends up winning this football game. But you know, I think regardless of whether he plays or not, I like Skyline to win the football game just because they have so many offensive weapons. They have you know Easton Taylor, Cruz Taylor. They have uh, Ruiz coming out of the backfield, and on the defensive side of the football, they also have Nick Wayland as well, who can. Uh, pretty much just wreck any type of offensive game plan you have uh that's what he did last week against idaho falls and he's right up there in the top in the 4a for uh sacks uh, right up there at the top of the leaderboard so i like skyline uh to win this game
0: yeah and you've seen both of these teams live this season they were both In the Rocky Mountain Rumble, you also saw Skyline last week against Idaho Falls, and I think a lot of people throughout the state have been just so impressed with the job Scott Berger has done to continue to keep these guys towards the top of the 4A classification. Again, another 5-0 start to the season. They have been mighty impressive, and I like them again this week as they take on Hillcrest. I've got the Skyline Grizzlies winning that one. We now drop to the 1A D2 classification as the Horseshoe Bend Mustangs make their debut in the Long Pin Conference. A big matchup hosting the Salmon River Savages and their head coach, Charlie Shepard. And something to note for this game, it's the opposite end of the injury spectrum as Canyon Harper, the running back, do-everything player for the Salmon River Savages, he is back out on the football field. And I think that will make a huge difference in this game. I picked the Savages to knock off Horseshoe Bend on the road in this one. Salmon River enters this game 1-3 and three on the season. Horseshoe Bend is 2-2. Two and two. This is the conference opener For each team,
1: yeah, I I like Salmon River in this one as well, and uh, you know, having having him back on the field is going to do wonders for that Salmon River offense. And if you look at Salmon River, they have a tough schedule. Yeah, they're one and three, but they have played teams like Lapway Prairie and Deary. Those three opponents have a combined eleven and five record right now. So I think Salmon River is a much better football team. And their one and three record indicates I like Salmon River.
0: Another really good one that we'll have broadcast for you this week. We both those games that we already mentioned, Skyline Hillcrest and Salmon River Horseshoe Bend, are on our broadcast schedule for this week. We've also added one that I think is going to excite a lot of people. Rigby comes into this game two and three, taking on the Madison Bobcats, four-and-one on the season. Rivalry football from Rexburg this has big playoff implications in the 5a ranks and both of these teams they have really impressed in the early season and Rigby a very misleading two and three record so far this season
1: I think yeah I think so as well I mean they, they had Corlane pretty much on the ropes in week one I went up there and did that game with Alec Pope but you know you you look at these two teams and a, a common opponent they have is Hillcrest Madison beat him by one uh Rigby lost one by one so I mean a couple things bounce Rigby's way they could be looking at potentially being undefeated to this point in the season but you know Madison is just such a tough place to play I think Madison has a little bit better of a defense than Rigby does so I'm going to take the Bobcats.
0: And those are all really good points. I think this is kind of one of those toss-up games. But on the other side of things, I really like it when teams challenge themselves in the non-conference schedule, and I think the Rigby Trojans have done just that. They've played some of the best teams that you can face out there in Hillcrest, Coeur d'Alene. You know, they went all the way over to Washington to play a game. They've been all over the place. They've played everybody, and I think this week is when it starts to pay off. They will knock off the Madison Bobcats this week. I have Rigby. Lucas goes the other direction with Madison. We're halfway through our Idaho Sports Pick 6 here on the PrepCast. Presented my project filter, three more games left to pick here will now go down to the 4A Great Basin Conference it is the Twin Falls Bruins taking on Century this game does not count as far as the conference standings go because they're in opposite pods but nonetheless when you look at these two teams records Twin Falls 4-1 on the season 2-0 in the Great Basin Conference Century is 4-1 as well 3-0 in the Great Basin Conference I think there's a lot to like on each side of the football here and, uh, you know, Twin Falls is just a really physical football team. They like to hammer you in the middle, so to speak. And they have big linemen. They will run the football a lot with Jared Perry. their running back. And I think against Century on the road, what they're going to try to do, and we've seen this, we've watched Twin Falls Century games before, Lucas. They are going to just try and pound it, pound it, pound it, and win the time of possession battle. And I think in this one, Twin Falls will be able to do that. And I picked the Bruins to beat the Diamondbacks.
1: Right. You, you make some good points. And Jared Perry, obviously, we, we saw what he did against Pocatello in week one for Twin Falls and the amount of carries he had, you know, 60 carries in week one. That'll tell you, all oh, you need to know about what Twin Falls is going to try to do. But you look at a team like Century, and they lost to Orem 61-19 to in the opening week of the season. But since then, Century has given up 58 points over the following four weeks. So I think Century. I mean, they've just been rolling since that game against Orem, and Orem's a you know, top 50 team in the entire country, You know, a, a favorite over there in the 4A. Uh, I've gotten the chance to talk to Travis Hobson. He's really excited about his team. I like Sentry at home. I think Nate Manning is a very underrated quarterback in the 4A classification. He's having a really good season. And Sentry, the last three weeks, 42 points against Pocatello, 52 against Preston, 42 against Burley. I think they put up similar numbers against Twin Falls. Twin Falls will try to control the clock, but, you know, Century, I, I just don't see any way Twin Falls wins this game here at home.
0: Yeah, and it's almost a shame that these two teams aren't in the same pod as you look at it and you'd really like it to, to count for conference standings, but nonetheless it will not. The big game coming up later in the season for the Century Diamondbacks will be when they take on the Minico Spartans. That one is a couple of teams out of the East Pod, Twin Falls. Their inevitable, so to speak, conference or pod crown game is when they take on Mountain Home. I don't think that's anybody that they would have expected to be their number one competitor this year, but credit Mountain Home. They are 2-0 and in the West Pod so far this season, but Nonetheless, we won't jump the gun too much. I'll talk about the the twin century game. And again, like I said, I picked the Twin Falls Bruins in this game. Lucas has century on the reverse end. We now head to the 5A SIC. A couple of teams that are tied for third place with Eagle and Mountain View. It is Capital traveling to Skyview to take on the Hawks. Each team 3-2 on the season so far. An explosive offense for Skyview against a defense for Capital that last week showed that they've got the Gurkha stick back a little bit. They held Bora to seven points, and I'm interested to see if they can go back-to-back weeks against powerhouse offenses and slow them down. Who do you got in the Capital-Skyview game?
1: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting scenario here for Skyview. Those seven points they held Bora to is a season low for Bora, and it's not even close. I mean, the next closest is 23 against Meridian the week before that, but you know, you look at a team like Skyview, I think they attack you a little bit differently offensively Bora. More of an aerial attack, Skyview will attack you more on the ground. I like Skyview in this one. I think it's a bit of a hangover game for Capital. Uh, I think it's going to be close, but I do like Skyview.
0: And you know, the thing that I always look at when we're talking about these games, I think there's a big thing to say about home field advantage, and there's a big thing to say about defense. In this case, I will ride the defense over the home field advantage. I think that Capital's defense is going to continue to show that they have shown improvement over the course of the season, and against Skyview, they'll slow them down just enough to squeak out of this one with the win it will be close though the capital eagles are my pick over the skyview hawks to break the tie so to speak there for third place final game at our pick six segment the weezer wolverines they head over to fruitland in a uh, old-fashioned rivalry this is one that has people talking in the past it's always been weezer and fruitland that's the srv rivalry and well the Wolverines and their head coach Tom Harrison who has 10 state titles one for every finger he is going to try and show that well the rivalry is alive and well the Wolverines 4-1 so far this season 1-0 in the SRV against the Fruitland Grizzlies who are 2-2 0-1 in the SRV of course that Fruitland loss came last week to Homedale, 34-0 a game that kind of raised some eyebrows and as a result I think this one became a little bit more interesting but I think that Fruitland, the back-to-back two-time defending state champions in the 3A classification, will spoil the party a little bit for the Wolverines in this one. I think the Grizzlies come away with a victory here in Game 2 of their conference slate.
1: Yeah, I like Fruitland as well. I mean, Fruitland is a school that they're, they're not going to lose three in a row. A couple weeks ago, they lost to Middleton 41-18. They lost to Homedale last week 34-0. I like that Homedale game last week. On the road was a real wake-up call for Fruitland. I like Fruitland to win this football game. They're they're a program that they just don't lose three games in a row.
0: So that's our pick six segment. Now we've got to do our one upset for the week. Lucas, you go first. What's your upset pick?
1: You know, I went down uh, to some small school football for this one. I like Butte County over Oakley this week, and I'll tell you why. I mean, you, you look at these two teams the last couple weeks. Oakley, a close game against Chalice, 22-18. They just got bumped last week against Valley, 50-8. to On the other hand, if you look at Butte County, They've won their last two football games. They beat uh, Clark Water Springs 56-22, to and then they beat Ferry 36-14. Uh, Butte County does have to go on the road, but they were 1A-D2 last year, up to 1A-D1 this year, so I like Butte County to win the football game.
0: And the thing that's dangerous for Oakley is they had a few of their key players all get hurt at the same time, as Tate Cranny and Chandler Jones didn't play last week, and then they had a couple of more kids get banged up during the actual game. And in the 1A classification, when you have four players all out at the same time, that is really dangerous as far as you lose a couple games in a row and suddenly you're on the outside looking in. And for Oakley, this is an absolutely huge game as far as it relates to making the playoffs as there's only three spots available there out of the Snake River Conference. So that is a huge game for each side, especially for Oakley coming off that loss last week to the Valley Vikings. So I'll go a different direction up to the 4A High Country Conference. Blackfoot takes on Idaho Falls this week. The Broncos, an impressive effort in a 31-17 loss last week to the Madison Bobcats. I think they carry that momentum forward as Idaho Falls reels off the Emotion Bowl loss to Skyline last week, and Blackfoot upsets Idaho Falls in that conference game here this week. Well, we've got a lot of games on the broadcast schedule looking ahead to this week, and you're going to be at Salmon at Firth. I'll be at Salmon River at Horseshoe Bend. What are you looking for in that Salmon at Firth game?
1: You know, I'm looking for, uh, really, I'm interested to see how Firth is going to play in this one. I mean, Firth is a little bit down from their recent history, uh, and you, you look at the previous matchups, it's been Firth, who's won this football contest throughout uh, recent history. So I'd be interested to see... Uh, kind of how Firth plays at home and how they defend that home turf.
0: And Firth a big win last week against Ryrie so I think that's what most people are looking at as well but you got to be careful against Salmon as they pulled a big upset last year against North Fremont so Salmon not necessarily a pushover so to speak so Firth's got to be careful to try and avoid the upset in that game as I mentioned I've got Salmon River at Horseshoe Bend on Friday at seven o'clock the Savages with Canyon Harper back in the backfield that will be fun to watch and the rest of our broadcast schedule coming up on Thursday, Eagle takes on Timberline at Donna Larson Park, 7 o'clock kickoff. Bora against Boise, also at Donna Larson Park. That's on Friday at 7 o'clock. These are all Friday at 7 o'clock kick times that we'll be announcing right here. Butte County at Oakley. Dietrich is at Lighthouse. Christian Lewiston at Moscow. Rigby at Madison in a game that a lot of people have circled on their calendars and then some 1A football rimrock the raiders and mark martell taking kyle dal solio's wilder wildcats in a 1A western idaho conference affair a couple of 1-0 or excuse me rimrock is 1-0 and wilder 0 and one. a tough loss last week to idaho city then salmon at firth salmon river at horseshoe bend and we rounded out with skyline at hillcrest so lots of good games on the schedule this week lucas what's one thing in particular that you're looking to find out a little bit more about these teams
1: well i mean we're getting to the middle portion of the conference schedule right now and it's it's starting to get to be do or die time for a lot of these teams i mean you, you just talked about the first salmon game coming up uh, on friday that i'll be at first two and two on the season this year and they're they're one and zero in conference play but you know, you look at a team like West Jefferson, who's three and one. They haven't played a conference game yet. Ryrie's three and two. They they're zero and one in conference play. Firth beat them last week. Sam and they're zero and one in conference play. I mean, we're really starting to separate the men from the boys here in the middle portion of the conference schedule. And you know, it's getting down to getting these these playoff races are heating up. These uh, conference standings. I mean, they're they're tight, and they're, that's not just the case in one classification. That's the case across pretty much all of them.
0: We're looking forward to week six of the high school football season. Again, our guest today has been Lucas Gebhardt, broadcaster for IdahoSports.com. Lucas, thanks for coming on
1: today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sven. Good to be here.
0: And as always, I'd like to thank Project Filter for making the Idaho Sports PrepCast possible. Thank you for listening here to another episode. Until next time, so long, everybody.